Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Jen Kirkman caught my attention because I saw some article about her uh, doing a stand-up routine in which she talked about meditation. I had no idea from the article whether she actually did meditation, but she does. And actually, she's pretty serious about it, although she underplays how serious she is, as you will hear. She is, if you don't know anything about her, a very successful uh, stand-up comedian. She's got two specials on Netflix. She's written a bunch of books and uh, has a really interesting take on uh, meditation, not only as it pertains to just an average human life, but as it pertains to somebody who's trying to be creative and funny. I give you Jen Kirkman. From ABC, this is the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. I'm so nervous because I'm like, oh, what if I'm not enough of a meditator? We've had people on who don't meditate at all. It's a whole range. I do it every day, but I feel it's all over the place. When when did you start? Sort of 20 years ago, but then I went in and out. But the past like three years, I've been doing it every day. 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. So you're way ahead of this trend. Well, when I was in college, I had a dance teacher who taught us all kinds of things like that. And then I went to a therapist who taught me about being mindful. And then she said it was a kind of meditation. And so I started doing it. And then I took a fear of flying course and they talked about it there. So yeah, that's where I learned it. But it didn't work for me at first. What do you mean it didn't work for you? Well, because I used to have panic disorder. That's why I went to the therapist originally. Yeah, Used to. You actually got over it? Um, Yeah, I used to have it pretty bad every day. And then I had it only when flying. And now it's sort of when it appears like when a panic attack starts I'm like ugh, here we go it, you know I just sort of talk to it that way it, it might still happen but it's it's very quick what would bring it on and out of the blue really what I notice now is if it's if a thought pops in that I don't really know is there that sort of scares me it, it always the deeper level is always like you're alone in the universe in this moment no one can get you you're not safe it's always in that vein yeah, interesting but if I'm overtired, overcaffeinated, something that will, if the thought comes up and I'm not in the right physical place, yeah. that brings it on. Uh, one time, recently, though, I had one recently and I haven't had one, as I call, in real life in years. Like sometimes I get them on like long flights. I mean, like to Australia, I'll get a little panicky. But I was on the subway and I was reading and I missed my stop and it went above ground on the bridges, which normally I'm fine with. But because I didn't mean to be going that far, I just got panicky. Like, what if it gets stuck? And then I thought, oh, my God, I'm having a panic attack. And so I'll carry, like, a dissolvable clonopin. Yeah. And I have yeah. to decide, is it bad enough for that? And if it's not, I can kind of talk myself out of it. Just knowing you have it can be a can be a, a stop, on, can put a stop on the thing. Yeah, that's, that's kind of it. It's so interesting you say that the – if you're over caffeinated or overtired, because my shrink, who's an expert in panic, uh-huh. the the most important thing he said in order to protect yourself against panic attacks is to take care of yourself. So yeah, get enough sleep, exercise, all of that stuff. He's well, he uses an, an an animal analogy, and then years later, I brought it back up to him. I was like, "Remember that time you told me I got to treat myself like a stallion?" He's like, "No, no, dude. I said thoroughbred." Oh, what's but I the heard difference? I heard stallion because I of 
But a thoroughbred is a horse that you have to take care of. A stallion's like a big strapping Oh, male. got it, right. Um, I, of course, heard stallion. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, I think that's super important because if you, ha- if you have the tendency to freak out, yeah. if you're in a weakened state emotionally or physically, you're much more prone to freak out. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. I want to go back to the- Oh, yeah, why to, it didn't to, work. To, no, no, well, oh. that and also yeah. what specifically you were doing. Like, What did your dance teacher teach you to do? What did your shrink teach you to do as a- like what, what were they oh, yeah. saying to do in your mind during those meditation practices? Um, dance teacher, I remember a little less. We would do yoga and things like that. She was, um, she's still here on Earth with us, but she was in the original production of Hair. She knew Bob Fosse. You know, she was in the '60s in New York, and so she would just in the middle of class, with, kids, let's go to the park and do yoga. So sometimes we would do things like that, and she would tell us we need to sit quietly sometimes. So she was more just sit quietly sometimes, and then. The shrink I saw said, you know, you need to be mindful. So you don't know what thoughts you're thinking that are causing these panic attacks. They're they're so – you're used to probably talking to yourself negatively and scaring yourself all day long and you don't even know it. Mm -hmm. Like a news crawl that's always going, you know. And so she said, "Um, I want you to do this exercise. Take a shower and only think about what you're doing. This is the soap. Now I'm lathering it. So I had to do exercises like that. Not necessarily. I wasn't sitting meditation. They were mindful exercises. And so, yeah. Meditation nonetheless. Yeah. I came to realize that later that you don't have to necessarily be sitting there. But yeah. And so then she started teaching me about mindful breathing. And then I took this fear of flying course that was about same thing. We were assigned to meditate for a half an hour every night, more of the visual meditation. But I have a weird thing where my panic always came from, like my biggest fear is losing my breath and not being able to breathe and being stuck like that. And so I don't like to focus on my breathing because Mm. it scares me. Mm -hmm. So, And also because I took dance for so long, I think I haven't been conditioned to uh, I breathe the opposite of what you're supposed to. I kind of breathe in and suck it in. I don't have that like breathe out and expand. I don't know how to do it. So I get caught up with I'm doing it wrong. And mm-hmm. then I feel like I can't breathe. And so for me, thinking about the breath is the last thing I want to do. So usually when they say think about the breath, I just try to notice what it's doing. But I don't whenever I take a, any kind of class where they tell us when to breathe in and out, my breathing is always so different that I start getting upset about it. Yeah. You know, it's not uncommon what you're describing. Oh, and, really? You no, know, it's not uncommon. And, and um, your circumstances a little are a little unique, but but generally speaking, there yeah. are a lot of people who don't like to be told to focus on the breath because it makes them anxious. And so there are lots of other options, like doing a body scan, just feeling yeah. the sensations at the top of your head, your forehead, and moving down. Uh, you can do loving kindness meditation where you're like deliberately sending good vibes to people, which is a little sappy, but uh, I like to do those to well. people that I don't like. That's actually, th- that's the ultimate human yeah. move. Can you do it to people you don't like? I do. That's training, that's building your compassion muscle in the, in the most extreme way possible. It's funny. I do it often, but I don't, uh, I always thought the, tr- the secret to it was you're really just sending it to yourself. If that makes sense. And then sometimes sending it to yourself is sending it to the person you really don't like. Oh, I see what you're saying. Cause, yeah, because I'm one less terrible energy in this world. No, but or, a lot of us don't like ourselves. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think I finally got to the place where I like myself. But um, 
Yeah, I can do that. But body scan is amazing. That totally. I always think of body scan as something I should do if I'm having trouble sleeping. But body scan, one time I used it when I was really sad, and it brought me into my body. It brought. It was actually the perfect thing to yeah. do instead of thinking of doing one of those send kindness to someone that's hurt me or or sure. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Body scan is a great one. It's like having. It's about having kind of a limited, not not too many. Options because I think too much mixing and matching can be confusing. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a, like a pretty good set of moves to make, um, and you need some meditation, or you feel like you want to do it as part of your daily upkeep, but having one or two, three, four things to choose from yeah. can make a huge difference. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. Yeah, I'm well, like a meditation great. cheater, I guess. That's not cheating. <laughs> that you're a meditator. Full stop. Period. I always feel like I need to pick one kind and be into it, but I can't. It's just always what I've been like with everything. You know, it, I mean, I, I would say when you say I want to know more about wh- wh- what are the range of options options okay. you're choosing from. So I there's one I just made up. Great. So I do that in the morning, and I I put on really loud what I don't know Tibetan singing bowls. You can mm-hmm. just find any of it on YouTube, and I just turn that up super loud, and I sit. Sometimes I sit cross-legged. If sometimes I don't even get out of bed yet because I won't do it. So I I sit up and I sit cross-legged on the bed, but it's the first thing I do when I wake up. And I'm more open to it if I do it at that moment. And I just I know I said I don't like to focus on breathing, but I don't make myself breathe a certain way. I breathe in and I think something and I breathe out and I think something. What do you think? So I might think anything from I am loved to breathing into I am soothed if it's something where I need to give myself compassion or or I might breathe in I trust the process you know something usually it's sort of a subtle mantra about just I'm not in control of anything mm-hmm. and I'll breathe that out um someone and I use god loosely as as sort of like uh breathe in whatever the concept that you don't control the ocean but someone I heard someone say once that they do breathe in god breathe out and then your name breathe out jen so it's like a way of saying like you know I am not running the show today. So I'll do any of those kind of things or a body scan, but usually it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I never sit and do mindful. I don't, I'm not great at that alone. I have to be in a class. And you, but, you, but you will do that. You will go to class yeah. occasionally. And then, Where yeah. do you go to class? So, there, so yeah, so if I don't meditate in, right thing in, first thing in the morning, about three times a week I go to class. Where? And they're about half hour, 45 minutes. In New York, I go to Mindful yes. and then DFL. Yes. And uh, then in Los... Rinsler, who owns it, is a friend. Oh, really? Yes. I've always wondered how that came about, and I'm so glad it's here because it, we didn't have anything like yeah. that when I used to live now here. Now there are three. Lodro has three of them. Yeah. And there's another place, and uh, a competitor that opened up in the Flatiron District called Inscape. So this is a real trend. You're not a very good friend by announcing the competitor. <laughs> I encourage many flowers to bloom. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, they didn't have that when I lived here years ago. I mean, it was not a thing. And then in Los Angeles, there's a place called The Den. Yes, yeah, pretty I, new. Pretty new. And what's interesting is that the, the woman that runs it was an executive at NBC and um, was just done with that life and so opened up this meditation spot. And so they have all different kinds of classes. So I've really enjoyed... So that's the meditation I'll do at home. And sometimes at night, I'll do a body scan before bed just to go to sleep. There's that app to Stop, Breathe, Think. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Yeah. 
It's not as good as the 10% Happier app, but it's... Uh... Oh, that's right. I have to get that. <laughs> I don't. I actually don't use the Stop Rethink app that much because I don't like people talking. I actually think it is a good app. And there are actually tons of good... Headspace yeah. is also really good. I think there are... I mean, just in the spirit of many flowers blooming, I, I mean, I'm partial to, to the one that I built, but... Um, or built... Helped build, but... Um, there are lots of really good ones. Yeah. Lots of really good ones. But you don't like guided meditations? Is that weird? Sometimes I don't. It just depends. But I'll, I'll throw one on if, I, if I'm if i just sort of in a neutral place where I don't really have any particular thing I'm trying to achieve that day. So I might do the morning one that's just being appreciative of the morning or oh, welcoming the day. But usually I don't. And a lot of times it just has to do with the sound of the voices. <laughs> Right, because they're I, annoying. I yeah, it depends who it is. Yeah, absolutely. You get, that's why it's important to find the teacher you like, and then, yeah. and then download all of his or her stuff. Well, I've noticed I like the meditation teachers in New York better. Huh? I'm an East Coast person, so there's this. I love hippy dippy, like hi everybody. I love that. <laughs> but there's just something about the New York teachers seem to. I don't know what it is. They just seem to walk the walk a little more. There's a little more of a. Gee, I bet you're in your car screaming in five minutes from the teachers in L.A. where they're just like, and, you know, just see where it goes. And, and I'm like, oh, you are an angry person. And there's something about the New York ones where they let you can sort of see the, the complete person that happens to have a great understanding of this and a great practice. But they're not acting like they 24 hours a day behave this way. Anybody. I, I get very suspicious of people who will tell you that they act that way 24 hours a day. I don't it's, think it's possible. No, and I would think, I mean, I'm not a Buddhist, but do, aren't you one? You're a Buddhist, aren't yeah. you? I, that's not that the, means less than you might think. But, but it's yeah. not the teachings of the Buddha to be a perfect, if that's perfection, to be that way. Well, the Buddha it's, Or to achieve it. He doesn't expect yes. that we are going to achieve exactly. it. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, he wants everybody to become enlightened, but, right. but uh, you know. Well, he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know how us. bad it was going to yes. get. Yeah. Um, I think that. I think. I think you have to hold that pretty lightly. I don't yeah. know anybody who's fully enlightened. Um, no. I My teacher, a guy named Joseph Goldstein, is the closest human being that I've personally met to, you know, who I know well in a three hundred and sixty degree way. And yeah. I, he is the closest person I've ever met to. I've never really seen him just like lose his junk. Oh, um, I went. Oh, and Jack. And he's not annoying about it. I find Jack Cornfield to be that same way. I don't know him, yeah. but I listen to his podcast. Yeah. And that have you heard of Noah Levine? Sure. Yeah. I I've gone Dharma to punks. Yeah, I've gone to meditation at that place as well. Yeah. Um that's really the I think more the real deal than a lot of the places in Los Angeles I've been to. But I got into Kundalini meditation. I don't know anything about that. I don't either. I mean, I'll <laughs> tell you about the classes I went to. Uh there's always someone there with a I don't know what the outfit is, but usually a white robe with a something wrapped around their head but it's just a woman that lives in LA I don't think she dresses like that all the time but she will you you know you calm your breath down and then you repeat a mantra and they tell you what it is and actually for me repeating something out loud really helps no thoughts come into my head and I know that's not the goal but for people who are obsessed with thinking meditation is about not thinking it's really hard to keep repeating something especially in another language and let your thoughts stay with you. It's, it, it's a mantra. Yeah. And you're just saying it out loud and saying, saying it internally. And Oh, no, it, we're saying it out loud. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, okay, you're saying yeah. it out loud instead yeah. of saying it internally. And I, I mean, this thing of clearing your mind or not thinking is such a tricky issue. Yeah. Y- y- what you're trying to do is focus your mind. 
Yeah. And when you're saying a mantra, you're focused on the mantra and a lot fewer thoughts can invade. So it's basically a way of saying you're using that mantra gets you more concentrated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, can I just abuse you of something, though? Yeah. I, you're not a meditation cheater. What you described to me sounds like a really healthy, awesome practice. I guess so. I just, you know, it's the way I go about everything. I have different ways that I dress. I have different schedules every day. I've always wanted to be the person who has a schedule. It's always the same. You know those people that, it's usually fashion designers that are like this. I wear a black t-shirt and black pants every day and I do the same thing every day and this is how I do it and this is the time. I've been obsessed with being that my whole life because I am not like that. So, of course, it com- when it comes to meditation, I feel the same way as I do about everything else. So you feel indisciplined? Or- yeah, and yet I am very disciplined. It's just that every day looks different, and I, I, can not, I cannot usually – I don't have the kind of life where I can 100% plan my day 24 hours in advance. Yeah, I wish I could just release you from that kind of <laughs> self-flagellation know. because I don't think you need – you sound to me – you're doing much more than most meditators do. I think so. It sounds to me like you're getting a lot out of it. I'm getting a ton out of it. I mean, it's actually that thing where we were talking about where people aren't nice 24 hours a day. I mean, I'm still, I have a thing where I say to people, oh, I'm not feeling this in my heart. This is intellectual, funny anger. So I'm, I'm, I'm up here. I'm pointing to my head right now. I go, I'm up here with it. So if I'm complaining about something, you know, the president or how, why is my family still into him? You know, whatever. And I'm like, or this happened. I go, oh, I'm not really connected to that. But there was a time when I would take it. I think of when I used to live in New York, which was 98 to 2002, I would take on the entire city's everything. So if, if it was a spring day, happy. If the subway was late, I, I was a buoy in the water, not an anchor, yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah. And and now it's changed. I'm very – I'm at my level no matter what's going on around me. So a lot of things that bother me in the brain, they don't get into my soul. So, But I'm not acting peace and love, but I really do feel pretty even-keeled inside most of the time to the point where I actually, you know, feel – dumb sometimes you know i think that they say that that i know it's i know meditation isn't spirituality but no well it depends how you define spirituality yeah well i guess some people if i say that would think like oh it's a religion or whatever but but i you know like there's a juice place three doors down from where i'm staying and i've been staying here for five weeks for a job here in new york city here in new york city and I've been staying in, in Williamsburg for a job, and someone said, oh, you live near Blah Blah Juice. And I went, uh, some juice place. I go in every day. I just never looked at the name of it. <laughs> and it's things like that where I'm just not – and you would think – I don't know. I guess it's the opposite of mindful because I'm not noticing. But I just sort of – I don't know. I'm just sort of in a cloud, if that makes sense. Uh, no, that not, that's not – I don't know. How I'm, I can't explain it. But I feel more simple. That's what I'm saying. I like that. And dumber. But in a, I mean that in a good way. Right, so not so caught up in and riled up by details or emotions um, that aren't particularly useful. I think so, but my but it's also just I feel sort of uh, I'm just in my head, but but in a totally different way. Do you think this is because of the meditation or maturation or what or multifactorial? <laughs> no, I think it's I think it might be the meditation. Huh. Because I remember my grandmother; she's dead now, but. She always seemed, we'd always kind of make fun of her, like, oh, she's dumb. And she was really religious, like really Catholic. But she was the only Catholic who walked the walk of Catholicism, like like 
feed the poor, like that kind of. I don't think she would be outside of an abortion clinic, that that kind of thing. And she always seemed out of it. And then when she died, there was something that my sister and I were talking about. We're like, I think she was just really spiritual. I don't think she was dumb. I just don't think she was caught up in a lot. Yeah. And so um, I think that that's kind of what I mean is I'm not caught up in a lot, although it's it would seem to people who know me like I am because I sort of always know maybe what's going on politically or I'm you know noticing things or but but in terms of uh, th- there'll be people who say things like oh I don't like to do that that's so clicky or that person hates me or this and I'm like what I've never think about what people are thinking of me that's what I mean I never think about what people are thinking of me I don't care if someone hates me I don't assume someone hates me I walk into everything just neutral I'm neutral do you think where do you think the mental real estate has shifted to this for lack of a better term, yeah. stupidity that you're talking about. Do you think that maybe you're spending more time, this is going to sound a little cheesy, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it anyway because I don't have any other cooler way to say it, um, just kind of being enjoying being alive? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm not like dancing for joy. But, no, no, no. But I yeah. mean, that's different. <laughs> I'm just appreciative. There's a difference between happiness and excitement. Right? Yeah. So we human beings spend a lot of time because we evolved for you know to for survival and and to to spread our genes yeah. um looking for hits of pleasure and excitement so we're really trained to you know look for pieces of candy and yeah. um, lattes and movies and stuff like that happiness as i understand it, is a little bit different it's more more sort of in the realm of contentment peace of mind kind of just enjoying being alive not jumping for joy just the actual simple fact uh, the raw fact of existence and i wonder if am i talking about yeah what am i talking what i'm talking about now does that come close to describing where you find yourself i think that makes sense because what you were saying the hits of joy i think whether even if someone isn't a drug or addict or alcoholic everyone is an addict like everyone's mind like you said is seeking hits of pleasure people with their phones people oh let's go out tonight and and have a few drinks after work and you feel good. And then the next day you feel the same way you felt before you went out for the drinks. And so I, yes, I have less, I don't get hits of pleasure anymore. Nothing works, if that makes sense. And so, and I'm, that's a good thing for me because I don't use food or a coffee or a drink or in anything to change my state. It's just adds to it. If it's, I don't know what, whatever, but so, yeah, so it's like, I'm just sort of, like you said, content. And it feels a lot better because I don't... In other words, if I had a bad day at work and a bunch of people said, let's blow off steam and get drinks, I can do that and that's totally fine. But I'm not going to necessarily feel better because I'm doing that and that's great because there's no, there's a lot less expectation mm. about anything that's supposed to make me feel better and I'm not chasing, like you said, feeling better. I'm just chasing, I guess, not feeling worse. And I'm chasing, well, I'm not chasing. I'm just trying to not worry and be calm. I mean, that's really what it is. It's just, I would like to not worry about things. I would like that too. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what it is. Is A lot of my time was spent worrying. And then you chase the pleasure because you feel like you deserve it because you've been worrying so much. I don't feel, I don't have that... I deserve, let's go do X, or I need relief, let's go do X. I don't, 
Or I might have that instinct, but it kind of just goes away. It dissipates. You said three years ago you really started getting serious, more serious about meditation. What was going on that what, what provoked you to do that? I think I was getting like I used to have like depression and anxiety. I think will always be a thing for me. But depression comes and goes. And sometimes it looks like anger. So I think my God, it was probably more than three years ago. No, it was probably like five years ago. My anger was just getting like I said before, I can be ranting and raving about the government, but it's it's coming from my head. My heart's not there. Everything was in my body and my DNA was just angry, you know, and if I was too, I was really overwhelmed. I was very busy. I was touring as a comedian. I was writing on a television show. I was acting on a television show. I was writing my own show. I was working 24 seven and I just had no time to process feelings. And it's sometimes my, I wouldn't choose to live that way. I'm not a workaholic. It was just everything happened at once and everything was tied together and you couldn't say no. So I thought, well, if my life is going to look like this, where it's either nothing's going on or everything's going on, I have to be stable. And I thought, well, maybe that meditation stuff hmm. I used to do, let me let me do that again. And I started doing it just as a way to feel like I had any, not control, but, you know, it's almost like the same as getting up 10 minutes earlier and checking your email so that you don't feel the first thing you did that day was get on a subway, get in a car. Go see your boss. Like you feel like you're your own person. So it was giving me that kind of feeling. It's just sort of. You work in such a crazy industry where yeah. it is boom or bust all the time. And yeah. your, your, your livelihood and your self-esteem often depends on what some executive thinks of you. And it's really tough. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I had to get to that place where I don't, nothing can affect me in that way. Can you walk me through just kind of your what are what are the various things on your plate from a career perspective now? Um, so right now I've written a couple of books and those are that's done for right now. But I always am, give us the names. Oh, I can barely take care of myself. And the other one's called I know what I'm doing and other lies I tell myself. And when did they come out? I can barely came out 2013 and the other one came out last year. OK. Um, and then paperback just came out. But this so, is a promotion friendly zone, which yeah. so I'm going to make you promote everything. <laughs> okay, you good. Um, but and so I just and I did two Netflix specials and I just finished those. Yes. In fact, I want to talk about one. Oh, okay. One. Yes. Um, so I'm in this sort of like, okay, well, I don't have an, enough material for a new special. I don't have enough material for a new books. So I'm in that wonderful blue sky zone. So that's why I took, I'm writing on a TV show right now. I don't think I can say what it is because I don't know if it's like announced, it's picked up, but I'm writing on a show. Um, and then I'm going on tour in the fall. But you have enough material to go on tour, or are you going to tour on the stuff you said during the Netflix? It's called a new material tour. So I will have enough to tour with, but it's not enough perfected to put it on Netflix. So touring is a little more forgiving than putting it on TV, if that makes sense. Because yes. I do a lot of improvising anyway on stage. And I have, I'm really into fashion, and I have a necklace line that's <laughs> coming out at the end of the summer. So I'm just sort of doing a bunch of different things. And then uh, it's always going to be stand-up is my main thing that I do. But I can do a lot of different things. So if an acting job comes up, I'll do it. If a writing job comes up, I'll do it. So it's that same thing I was talking about. I can't really commit to one thing because I love it, all of it. And all of it seems to come at the perfect time. So I just sort of you know, just say, yeah, sure. Oh, okay, going over here. But, but that's, you never know. I never know. But I'm getting to that point where I never know what job it's going to be, but I always know. Like, I think the last eight years, it finally happened where I always know it's going to be a job in entertainment. And I do have the option 
of saying no to things and I get offered cool stuff. So I've kind of hit that plateau, but that can go away at any time, at any time. So this is where meditation, I could, I would imagine, would be really useful because it does put you, I mean, the goal of it, as I understand, or one of the goals of it is to put you in touch with impermanence and how we are not in control. And you work in an industry where that is in your face all the time. It's funny. Maybe I'm in denial or it's my way of coping with that I'm in that industry, but that doesn't bother me as much as dying. Hmm. Like when well, I... It's the same. It's a, it, it's a, that's just a bigger version of the same problem. Yeah, so why would I worry about the small version when the big version is really the, the, the one? So I always just... I do it to, to control my fear of dying. And then it probably ends up helping the impermanence of the industry, but... Uh, there's something about it where I don't mind the impermanence of the industry because I've I've been at the bottom before. I, I can handle it if it happened again. Audible lets you enjoy all your audio entertainment in one app. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. They offer an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, mysteries and thrillers, motivation, wellness, business, and more. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases and next listen recommendations for every type of thriller listener. The selection over on Audible when it comes to true crime, mystery, and thriller is um, quite extensive. They've got John Grisham, tons of stuff by Stephen King, David Baldacci, my favorite that I've checked out recently in the crime fiction genre is called Age of Vice. It's by Deep D. Kapoor. It came out uh, not long ago. Not only is it thrilling and uh, very, very plotty, but it's also written incredibly well. It's truly literature. Deep D. Kapoor is a, a force of nature as a writer. Age of Vice, it takes you into the uh, underworld in New Delhi in India. I absolutely love that one. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 10% or text 10% to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 10% or text 10% to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 10%. The Taste the Mediterranean sales event is going on now through March 19th at Whole Foods Market. It's a store-wide event packed with flavor. My family and I are regulars at Whole Foods Market. We've got one, I think, less than a mile and a half away from our house. This Taste the Mediterranean thing sounds pretty cool. Uh, they've got Mediterranean-inspired flavors. You can save on Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie, and ground lamb. They've got delectable seafood choices. You can save on whole branzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon, which is a regular feature at our dinners in this house. My son loves that salmon from Whole Foods. And I'd be remiss if I didn't point out all of the uh, 365 by Whole Foods Market products. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat, pita pockets, and more. I am constantly uh, consuming these 365 products, including the, the raw cashews, which I snack on all the time. We love the 365 sea salt and pepper. Uh, we love their sushi rice. You get the picture. Go check it out. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Well, what, when were you at the bottom? When I started. <laughs> right. like, and, and in the middle. There were times when I was like, I know I'm good at this, but I just can't get anyone to see what I'm doing. And so you had a few gigs and then everything bottomed out? Yep. And that happened for about 
uh, 10 years. Whoa, oh, 10 yeah. years? Oh, yeah. How did you keep it together? I didn't. A lot of chasing pleasure, a lot of anger, a lot of weight gain, weight loss. Just everything was up and down. Oh, I'll get married. Maybe that'll help. Oh, I got divorced. Maybe that'll help. I mean, it was just a lot of searching and a lot of, um, and then in, you know, meditation here and there. And then, oh, that doesn't work because I used to be someone that thought, oh, you do meditation dot, dot, dot for the end goal up. There was that, well, I meditated today, so why didn't everything go well? Oh, well, I meditated, and I'm in touch with myself, and I'm still having, you know, I didn't look at it quite the right, right. way. you looked at it as more like magic. As magic, right. The way that someone who doesn't understand prayer would do, you know. Oh, well, I asked for this, and I didn't get it. And instead of thinking, well, it's about, well, like you said, you know, getting in touch with, it actually helps me creatively. It gets in touch with, because so much is thrown at me, Sometimes I forget what I want. And so getting quiet every day keeps me in touch with what I want. And what I want always changes. I don't – sometimes I'll start a project and it takes a while. You know, you'll tell your manager, I want to pitch a television show about this. And then, okay, great. Then you work on it. Then you finally get the meetings. Then you pitch it. And it's eight months later. And by the time I'm in the room pitching, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> so I'm always sort of changing. And if I listen to myself, the ideas will come. What do you do then at that point? Pull the pitch? No, I just go through it. I just kind of go through it. And if it ends up happening, I go, oh, it was meant to be. If it doesn't, I'm like, thank God. Has it ever happened that you got a green light on something that you actually had decided at some point that you didn't want to do? Um, no, it always worked out how it was supposed to. So well, you mentioned before you did that. <laughs> Which some... is another way of saying no one's greenlit anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've gotten some Netflix. Oh, yeah, that's greenlit. true. That, oh, that's yeah. That's a big deal. Those are the only ones that I that I wanted to happen, and they did. So you've at times thought you wanted to, you might want to um, create and write your own TV show. Yeah, and so I've sold a few scripts, and then I've been like, I don't want to tell that story anymore, and then they don't get picked up. I'm like, oh, thank God. What's your What's your dream job? Would it be that? No, Acting? just be, being a stand up. Just being a stand up. But I don't for, mean just being a stand up. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Being a stand up that, like Joan Rivers used to say, be an industry. I want to be that. I want to be thought of when you think of people that are good at stand-up and I want giant audiences so I tour a lot but I would like to tour less and have more people gotcha. so instead of 500 700 people in the crowd I want mm, 5,000 but when you say be an industry yeah first of all I hope that happens that sounds amazing um, yeah when you say be an industry but also it would also mean and you're you're doing this already that people go see you for stand-up, but then they also buy your books and yes. check out your specials and your podcast, and it's a kind of a, you're a one-woman industry. That's what I would kind of want, just more of that. Like, I'd want to write more books. I'd want to, I'm really into things and fashion and clothing. I would love to, I seriously want to be in my 50s with my own line of things on QVC. I'm very, but I, but it's not from a shallow place. I'm, I'm very into my audience. I'm very into, like, get dressed up for yourself, because I started to notice when you're a writer, you just wear crappy clothes to work. And then I was on the road every weekend, so I never had a night out. And then I started dressing up on stage, not necessarily in a fancy outfit, but just dressing the way I would if I went out, like a fun outfit, because that's my night out. And so then it started to happen with women in the audience. They would come and they would dress for me. And then on my Instagram, it's like, where did you get that? And so there's this sense of taking care of yourself through the way you look. And I mean that in a positive way, like not that you have to be attractive or look a certain way, but look, be you and express it through clothing. And so that's really important to me. So there's little tiny messages in my work Mm -hmm. that if I could blow those out into something, 
that would be really cool to me. If someone, I think I'd rather, I've acted and it, I find it very boring. There's a lot more waiting. So if I was a good enough actor, I'd love to do a play, but I, I'm not really quite that well, good. I, I haven't seen you act. Um, what have you I been can be. I can be me. Is, is what I can do. I was on a TV show playing myself. It was sort of like a Larry. What was it said, called? It was called After Lately. It was about the staff on Chelsea Lately, the show I used to write on. And so it was like a few seasons, and it was like a sitcom, but it was scripted, but I was playing myself. And I've done like, there's a movie coming out in the fall called Home Again with Reese Witherspoon. I played a friend of hers. I mean, just a few quick scenes. I have a feeling they'll cut me out of it. There's just some, there's something about when I'm not being me that it just... It, I think it reads weird. It's good to know that. Though. Yeah, yeah. I want to know what you're good at and just keep hammering away at that. Yeah, if someone wanted to, for I don't. This doesn't happen, so that's why I'm saying it. If someone wanted to hand me a a show to act on, I think that would be fun. But to the truth about it, there's so much sitting around waiting, and it's really boring. I I like live stuff, and so uh, right. I, every year I pitch a show, you know, like oh hey, what about this idea? There's some that I would just say buy, go someone else run it. I'll collect the check. So there, I'm always going to do that because I think if you don't do that, your agents drop you. Like there's always that like you're playing the lottery while you're doing what you really love. And I call all that stuff the lottery. So, yeah, what I really want to do is just be a live performer and travel the world doing it, which I do. But I want just more audience, more money. I just basically just want to be rich. Is yeah, what. <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> exactly. So so the we mentioned the Netflix um, uh, specials. One of them, you open up with a whole bit about meditation. Yeah. Now, I don't want to make you redo the bit, but can you just kind of give us the basic conceit of it? Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because, um, well, I mean, it's funny, but I start by saying I meditate, which means I do not meditate. And I say that to... By the way, I expected then when you came in here, I haven't seen that, that you wouldn't be a meditator, but you are a meditator. Yeah, so I figured. You're not being totally honest in the bit. No, and you can't be because there's nothing funny about, hey guys, um, could everyone be quiet for a minute? I meditate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny. I just center myself. So I picked a moment as a meditator of what it's like on the days that you skip it and yet you still see yourself as one. Or the when you first start doing it, you think you need all the stuff. So I've got the candle and the chair. And the truth is, I never sit in that chair and do it. I do it anywhere else. And so, but I didn't want to then just say, oh, but I really do meditate. Because then they're out of the bit. They're not relating. And then, so I do this whole bit about this one day when I meditated and it felt great. And my joke is I could handle anything if I didn't have to leave the house. Like, you just feel so good. But once you get out there in the world... That's what I mean. The accumulation, the build up, building your bank of doing it all the time, I think randomly helps you when you least expect it. Absolutely. Long line at the post office, you're the only one who doesn't care. That kind of thing. It's like physical exercise. Yeah. For the same reason. You you never know when you're going to have to pick something up. But you never know. Or get chased by a robber. (laughs) Exactly. But when you meditate, it doesn't mean that day, half hour later, you won't get agitated and react. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I go into a whole thing about I was feeling good. This guy was beeping at me. Uh, I accidentally stopped at, as a light was going green to yellow. I I didn't go through the light. And he got really mad. And then we kept running into each other. You know, in Studio City, California, people know it's very like suburban part of L.A. And so it's just stoplight after stoplight. And we just kept 
parking next to each other at the light, and he called me a dumbass. And then the bit is that I stand up in my car. And that part is true. Sort of. I stood up in my car and through the sunroof and just went off on him, swearing. And he drove off and said, you're crazy. And I scream, I'm not crazy. I meditated meditated today, mother effer. And And then the joke is, oh, my God, I meditated today. What if I hadn't? Like, how much more angry would I have been? Um, I didn't quite – it's a sort of a combination of two stories. I did yell at him through the window, but the standing up and going through the sunroof, I, I did that once when I was having road rage and I couldn't see what was going on ahead of me. And I hate when giant escalades, when people just drive cars that big for no reason. I stood up to see what was going on because I was so angry, but I wasn't yelling at anyone. So I just combined – those two things. Again, artistic license. A liar. But yeah, <laughs> but I was so enraged. I was shaking, just shaking. When and you I, stood up. Or, or, when or, I yelled at the sky. Oh, oh, really? And, and, and this I, was on a day when you had meditated? I had meditated a half hour before and I yelled and I, I lied to him. I try not to be a liar either. That's important yeah, you to told me. Him I told him my mother had died and that's why I wasn't paying attention. She did not die. She's still alive. And uh, that, but then I have to go to a meeting and I drive in and I'm totally normal. Like, hey, how you doing? Not because of meditation, but because that's what we do. And the the joke goes into another place, which is just about, does it ever scare you when you act one way and you don't let people see that and then you act another way in front of people? Which is why I'm suspicious of anyone who acts like they're a a guru all the time when they're just a 30-year-old blonde woman from LA. I'm like, there's no way. You're not screaming when you chip a nail. There's no way. <laughs> so, yeah. So that bit goes over well with people. I get a lot of comments from people that they've done the same thing. And then I always on social media write them, I actually do meditate all the time. You'll love it. And I give them, I try to give them advice. It's useful, I think, because, I mean, this comes from, I obviously have a very specific perspective having written a book called 10% Happier. I mean, I, I don't think meditation should be marketed as a silver bullet or a panacea, it is yeah. absolutely true that you're going to lose your temper sometimes. I have a friend named Sam Harris who is not, we're not related, not but related. he's a okay. good friend of mine and he's a meditator and he talks about the half-life of anger mm-hmm. and that when you meditate, the half-life comes way down and the, there's an enormous, yes. incalculable difference between the amount of damage you can do in an hour of anger and two minutes of anger. Yes. In two minutes of anger, you might say some something stupid to the dude next to you at, at the stoplight in Studio City, but you might not carry it into 15 other meetings through the course of the day. It might dissipate. Yeah. Because you're not feeding it through a compulsive, neurotic thinking. I just saw that happen on the subway. Uh, on your part or somebody else's part? Somebody else's. I was, uh, and I totally related to him. I got, we got on, and the trains were all messed up, and it decided to go express, and he wanted to get off at 23rd. He had to go to work. And it was getting off at 34th. And he was just like, what am I going to do? My job is on 23rd. And he's like, "Mm." And he seemed like otherwise a normal person. You know, I don't think he was having an episode of mental illness or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And uh, it was just like, let him go. Like, he was just, we all probably understood. And he was really angry. And I thought, well, God, he can just walk the nine blocks. I mean, it's not going to be that far. But he was just, it, I always think of people as a little kid, like, no, yeah, it's not yes, working out. Yes. And so he still was mad. Once it stopped at 34th, I thought he would be okay. But he, he was mad the doors weren't opening fast enough. And he, I saw him just walk off still angry. So I don't know. He He's could, probably late. 
He was late for sure, but there's nothing worse when you're late than to be angry on top of it. Because Absolutely. when you come into work that way, you look unstable. Yeah. And no one believes that you were late for any good reason. Yeah, so it, it's like, if that happened, that was sort of like my my story. I don't know how long he was mad after that, but but my anger ended rather quickly in that car situation. But but yeah, I get judgmental. I get scared that it happened at all. I thought it was supposed to be different. No, no, no. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. This is another thing uh, hopefully I can disabuse you of. Yeah. You're not going to be perfect. I mean, that's yeah. the beauty of the bit. Is like you're, from my standpoint yeah. as a meditation evangelist, it's great to tell people you can't uproot millennia of evolution <laughs> Right. In a couple of years of daily meditation. Yeah. Maybe it's possible if you live in a cave or maybe it's possible if th- if through 50 years of dogged, retreat-oriented meditation to like really unwind a lot of this conditioning. But yeah. on our level as civilians and people who are active in the world, it's just not going to happen that way. And I think as a comedian, it's good. I mean, perfection is not what my audience wants. No, they would like it's to not go funny. Re- they, yeah, they'd like to go relate to someone. Absolutely. So there's no, it's funny. I, I know this is sort of off to the side but when no. I was a kid you're like no I, I grew up Catholic but not Catholic school and people weren't shoving it down my throat but just church once a week and take what you want and no one really bothered me about it but I started to and I'm not Catholic now but I was having serious doubts about the more magical I'm coming back from the dead I'm this and that and I went and talked to a priest and I said am I still you know I like the teachings of Jesus I'm, I'm into the feed the poor but I don't, I don't think he rose from the dead I don't think any of this and he goes and I go, so I guess I'm not a good Catholic. And he said, you're perfect Catholic. He goes, you're supposed to have doubts. You're you're practicing belief. And, and every he goes, I have doubts, but I do this and that, and I get what I can out of it. And I was like, it blew my mm. mind. So not talking about Catholicism, I carry that into my life. Of course I'm supposed to have doubts. That just means keep going. Uh, I guess it's different because I, I don't do Catholicism anymore but in that sense of it's okay to have doubts but no one's asking you to literally believe x y and z like it's okay to doubt yourself and then do it anyway I think it's great what you're saying is it's a practice yeah and in just like anything you practice exercise or learning a um, comedy yeah. or learning uh, any, a, a musical instrument it's going to be failures and setbacks huge wins interesting moments of insight Moments of d- doubt, and it's just a you've decided to. This is a bit hackneyed to walk a path. I think people don't want to do it right and be perfect. I know, and that's yeah. a big problem. I have that problem too. Yeah. I thought when I first learned to meditate, I thought I was going to win at it. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. pay. T- I missed huge chunks of the basic instructions. All the stuff about you know when you get lost and distracted, give yourself a break. That's the key moment. I, I ignored all that because I was just like, I'm not going to get lost and distracted. I'm going to grit my way through this. And yeah. of, co- of course, that, that that didn't work out so well for me. Um, and I actually have to hear that over and over again because I'm so type A and achievement oriented that yeah. I'm, this is a counterintuitive move for me. What's funny, I get very judgmental too. I did a sound bath. Have you ever done those? Uh, yeah. It's one of those things that even though I've never really done, I just make fun of reflexively. So I don't... Um... <laughs> well, you'll love this. I went to one and it's supposed to be, you know, they play those singing bowls, yes, you know, for yes, anyone listening. Yeah. It's a beautiful sounds that you're listening to. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to vibrate internally and really help you physically. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I haven't seen no evidence that that's true, but no. there, there may be evidence that I just haven't looked at it because I'm lazy. There's... Uh, it's the and uh, I'm gonna hear on Twitter from a million. I don't. I know. There's 
I don't know how scientific it is, whatever, but there's, there's, you can find it evidence, you know. Okay, so I went just for to relax. And she said, if you think you're going to fall asleep, you know, it was a lay down thing. I think you're going to fall asleep and you want to experience this. It, you can do it sitting up. Everyone laid down and six guys fell asleep and they were snoring so loud. They were snoring louder than the sound bath. And I could not. She said, if you hear any sounds in the room, someone coughs, you know, you know how it is when you meditate. You might hear an ambulance go by. You can't be like, what the hell? You have to let it be part of it. But I could not. I could not let. I was so angry and judgmental. <laughs> like she said, if you like, you don't know, you snore like you selfish. I mean, I was going nuts. Not unjustified. But I'm being selfish because it has to go the way I wanted it. And so I was just. <clears throat> and so I sat up to give a message to the teacher. This is all going on in my head. I'm giving her a message that I cannot sound bath properly because these guys are snoring. And I would open my eyes, look at her, look at them, and I would sigh. I go, huh, just she didn't do anything. She let them snore. And then when I left, they said, how did you like it? I said, couldn't hear it. There's too much snoring. And that so that was like a recent example of how I kind of lost my mind. But that wasn't quite meditation. She just said, lay there. Yes, but you are a meditator, and you still lost your mind. And so what? It happens all the time. But that's the other thing is like perfectionism of me, I expect, and then perfectionism of my environment. Well, if everything doesn't yeah, you go let well, go of that. yeah, I I don't have it a ton, but geez, that was like a great example. But that's of when annoying. It came I mean, up. I just got to take your side. Oh, by for the second. way, it it's is annoying. annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. I got very like. It was just, it went to all kinds of places. Like, I'm thinking a man spreading on the subways, feminism's coming up. I'm like, when are <laughs> men going to notice what they're doing? You know, I was going crazy. But I think it was definitely something that was like, okay, well, now I know for next time. Don't go to sound Which No, I'm not. Go- if I ever went, I would go to a solo one. Is That's it- how they get you. Oh, really? I No, it's, they make it really annoying so that you have to sign up for the expensive solo one. I didn't know that you could one. do solo sound Oh, bath. sure. Oh. I mean, it'll cost you, but... So um, uh, you brought up Catholicism in your family. So you mm-hmm. grew up the town next to me. Yes. Isn't that crazy? You're a few years behind me in high school. I was a ne'er-do-well, no-account, um, uh, just terrible, terrible student. You were a good, well-behaved student, so we never met. Um, yeah, we never met. I took ballet and piano. My mom kept me busy after school. Yeah, I, my parents did not, and yeah. I had all sorts of shenanigans I got into. <laughs> I wasn't a good student, but I was a busy person. So so what does your family think about the meditation thing and the fact that you're not really doing Catholicism anymore, although I'm not sure those two are in any way linked, yeah. but what what do they think of your habit? Uh, they don't even care. They, yeah. uh, my mom, um, she has high blood pressure and I and she took some yoga, but she, she's like, the teacher was judging me. I'm like, she wasn't. And I, you know, she's 79 now, so I'm not like she needs to go to yoga, but I'm always telling her, you know, you shouldn't meditate for the I don't want to get into that. I think she thinks it's a religion, but she wouldn't mind doing it. But I think there's still something in her brain that's like, I'm going to get in trouble with God. So I would say, you can Catholic meditate. You can, centering prayer. Yeah. And and no. And so. What what do you think the rosary is? Yeah, that's what I told her. And she's like, no, I don't know. It's a a medical thing. I go, no, I know high blood pressure is real. Take your pills. Also meditate. Like, why not throw everything at it? But so I'm trying to get her to do it. She doesn't care that I do it. They did care when I, again, I thought I had to become a Buddhist and be religious. So, you know, my first couple years in L.A., I'm going to the Buddhist centers. I'm announced to everyone before I even went in the door. I am a Buddhist now. And uh, my mom was like, God, you were baptized. 
God knows that you're a Catholic, and, and he's not happy that he sees what you're doing. Um, she's not quite like that anymore. She's dropped a lot of that kind of superstition. But And then I realized I don't want to be a Buddhist either. I don't want any uh, particular thing at all. And yeah. so I didn't do that either. Where I've come to on the whole Buddhist thing, though, yeah. is, is – um, and people who listen to this podcast are probably tired of me hearing me say this, but it's – it can certainly be practiced as a religion, mm-hmm. but I don't do it that way. And I don't believe in anything I can't prove. And, and the Buddha specifically said, you know, I'm going to talk about some metaphysical stuff mm-hmm. like enlightenment and rebirth and karma, but you can take it or leave it. I think it's, it is something to do. You know, it's, yeah. it's just a set of mental exercises. So in many ways, you actually are a Buddhist because you're doing a lot of Buddhist meditation. Yeah. Um, and so and that's the sense in which I consider myself a Buddhist. Well, and I think it's cognitive. Yeah, it's very similar to like cognitive behavior therapy in a way. You're you're changing the way you do things or yeah, in fact, see things. There's uh, There is this thing called um, MBCT, Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy. Oh. So they actually combine the two. I think it goes really well. And I'm a, I pray and I don't believe in anything, but I don't not believe in anything. I don't pray because I think something's watching me and going to make something happen. It is a way for me to get out of myself. And I like to say things out loud. This is what I want. That's the only idea I have. I'm sure, you know, anything I've ever wanted in life has come as a complete surprise. And life has told me, this is what would be good for you right now. It's never what I think. So if I'm stuck and I'm like, no, if I don't have this, I won't be happy. I pray about it. I get on my knees and I say, this is my great idea. I'm giving it to you, whoever, universe, whatever. Work with that and come back to me with what I should be doing. I'm, I'll do what, I'll, do what you tell me to do. Make me want what's right for me. And that really helps me too. And then I meditate because I feel like maybe I'll get not answers like someone's talking to me, but it just helps me clear out. I, you know, we wake up for me, I wake up, my mind's already going. I wake up with desires and disappointments and obsessions. And so that just helps clear it for the day, that kind of thing. Or like before I perform, I, if I think of it as I'm a vessel for the talent that was given to me and that's subjective, I'm not like, hey, I'm so talented because I'm, I'm always thinking of Twitter when I'm talking. And so <laughs> that somebody's going to hop on. Yeah. It, yeah. But, but I just let me because it takes it's still me. I wrote these things, but I it takes the pressure off of. And I think meditation does this, too. It's like I'm not in control, but in the most lovely of ways, I still get to be a body and a mind on Earth, but I don't have to like make anything happen i don't have to make the wind blow i don't have to make myself breathe that's the most magical thing is you breathe all day and you're not making yourself do it so whatever that is that will inform you know what i do next and i get to have an opinion of what i like and what i don't that's not what i mean but anyway so all that stuff i've just stopped trying to decide what i think anything is because it doesn't even matter what i think is not my business if there's a god who cares i couldn't care less i like all this yeah um, let me ask you one last question just on the – I keep writing myself notes once in a while because you say something that I want to follow up on. The On, com, on the comedy uh-huh. tip, uh, I, I don't think he'll mind if I quote him. Uh, I, I quoted him but not by name in my book, but uh, I'm going to quote him by name now because you may know him. There's a comedy writer out in L.A., Gene Stupinski. He used to write for The Office. Um, oh, I've never met him, no. So he he and I were on some vacation, like group vacation years ago, and he saw me reading a book about Buddhism, and he said, I couldn't do that because I couldn't meditate and get into Buddhism because um, I need to be judgmental. 
in order to be a comedian. I need oh. to be able to, you know, to to you know, pick out people's flaws and things like that. Do you f- find that that in any way being a meditator, being happier, calmer has neutered your art? No, made it better. When I'm sad, I can't perform. If something's hard going on in my life, I'm not one of those people who channels it through comedy. I used to, and it, you used to see someone who was unhappy on stage. So if we watch your old performances, you, yeah. you'd be working out some demons there. Yeah, I have two albums. Luckily, you can't see me, but you can hear me, and it's not funny. It might be it's funny. Fu- is it not funny? I don't think it's funny. I sound pretty angry, and it's not. I'm not joking. That That's maybe why it's not funny to me, because I know it's real. Oh. Now I can get worked up, and I'm acting in my comedy. So I feel like you have to process what you've been through and then report on it later huh. and and recall how it felt but act it. But I feel like, no, I don't – because you can still be judgmental and be a meditator because I'm never going to stop being judgmental and then you let it pass. Right. That was my argument. Which yeah. is, there's a great quote from this teacher who you may have heard of, Ram Das. Yeah, was sure. like, you don't uproot your neuroses, but you become a connoisseur of them. And so in some yeah. ways you're closer to all of your – craziness, yep. but you're not owned by it as much. And that allows you to actually get in there and write about it, tell jokes about it, uh, and not be so wrapped up in it that it, your audience is going to get the sense, of, wow, this is funny, but this person maybe is screwed up. Elizabeth Gilbert said something in her book. She had a book, Big Magic, about yeah, creativity. Yes, yes. I'm going to quote it wrong, but she was like, if you think that like getting on medication or going to a therapist is going to not make you funny, she's like, your demons... Oh, I can't quote it, but she was like, your demons weren't doing a good job of running your well, – you look it up, everybody. But uh, I love – Ram. She's very wise on this. My favorite Ram Dass quote is, uh, we're all just walking each other home. I'll just start crying if I think of that. Wow. Isn't that a good one? I'd never heard that before. I like it. Yeah. I and There's a little vintage clothing store next to where I live, and they have that written on a chalkboard outside for wow. some reason. And that's my favorite – little quote and I just it's a really cool quote. it's a good way to just when you look at your fellow person and yes. you judge them and you go yeah. oh we're all gonna die and we're yeah. all just trying to help each other get through it whether you know it or not just being a presence on the subway while someone else is there lets them look at you and go there's another human I don't know there's just something about like just being alive that you're always helping others even just by walking around as long as you're not hurting them but we, we it's so easy to forget it oh I'm perfect I think about it all the time <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you ever have Jerry Seinfeld on here? I want to. He's the biggest meditator yes, of all. I want to. And he's the funniest person. Yes, so I def- I, your friend you, is if, wrong. If you know him. I don't. I mean, I really don't. And we, I know he doesn't like to do interviews, so yeah, probably I think not going to happen. Well, <laughs> right, even when he's got something to promote. We're, we're working on him. Louis C.K., uh, also a meditator. I would love to have him He on. meditates? Yeah. I know him. I could ask him for you. Yeah, please do. Who have we had on from the comedian? John Mulaney. Oh, he's great. Yes. I didn't know he meditated. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's a great example then because he's an angry dude. I don't mean in real life, but I've yeah, heard on, him on Mark Maron's yeah, podcast. Yeah. He said he was. Yeah. And he holds it in very yeah. well. Well, I think he had a moment of real anger after his show didn't go so well. Oh, of course. Yeah. And he sort of exercised a lot of those demons right here in that chair in, your, in, in which you're sitting. <laughs> um, and we, uh, he happens to, to be a friend, but comedians are, are great interviewees, as, as you have been. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so glad. I know someone tweeted at us, and I was like, oh, God, they're going to make him feel like he has to do this. No, no, no. I, as, soon as, I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was delighted. Oh, good. Okay. So one more time yes. on the promotions front. People want to learn more about you. Where can oh, they go? God. What can they do? Well, they just go to my website, jenkirkman.com. One N and Jen, everybody. And I have a new book called I Know What I'm Doing in Other Lies I Tell Myself. just came out in paperback, so they can get that at all their Amazon, IndieBound.org, wherever they want to go. And yeah, I'm on Netflix. Right. 
Uh, my special is called, I'm, uh, oh, Just Keep Living. I've learned, actually, that if you just type in Jen Kirkman on Netflix, you uh, will get both. Oh, really? Specials. Oh, yes. good. Okay. Yes. I've never tried it because I don't want to watch it. But You don't? No. I Once I'm done, I'm done. Can't watch it. Really? I had to watch it to edit it, so I'm yes. enough already. I saw it five times. So you don't want to dial it up and just in your spare time. Yeah. And by it. the way, when I say edit, I mean we taped two different performances, and I had to watch it to pick which performance I liked. We didn't like manipulate anything. We didn't add a laugh track. I mean, that it, that's what I mean by editing. Okay. I, I didn't go there. Again, I'm, yes, I'm responding Twitter. to yes. Twitter. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> You're a delight. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Really appreciate it. This is really cool. Thanks. Okay, there's another edition of the 10% Happier Podcast. If you liked it, please make sure to uh, subscribe, rate us. And uh, if you want to suggest topics we should cover or guests uh, we should bring in, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan B. Harris. I also want to thank heartily the people who produce this podcast and really do pretty much all the work. Lauren Efron, Josh Cohan, Sarah Amos, Andrew Kalb, Steve Jones, and the head of ABC News Digital, Dan Silver. Uh, I'll talk to you next Wednesday. If you like 10% Happier, and I hope you do, uh, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS's weird Lord of the Flies-style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. Hi, I'm Misha Brown, and I'm the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Each episode, comedians join me to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently on The Big Flop, we looked at the reality TV show, The Swan. The problem, this dream opportunity quickly became a viewing nightmare. They were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.